0: Welcome to the audio podcast of Dwell in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Bible readings and devotional commentary to help you grow in faith by dwelling in God's Holy Word. Welcome to Dwell in the Word for Wednesday, August 4th. We begin with a prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God who has given his only Son to be unto us both a sacrifice for sin and also an example of a godly life. Give us grace that we may always most thankfully receive that his inestimable benefit and also daily endeavor ourselves to follow the blessed steps of his most holy life. Through the same, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, we are still in Joel chapter 2. Today we're going to read from verse 18 All the way down through to verse 27. Hear the word of the Lord. Then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. The Lord answered and said to his people, Behold, I am sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied, and I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. I will remove the northerner far from you, and drive him into a parched and desolate land, his vanguard into the eastern sea, and his rear-guard into the western sea. The stench and foul smell of him will rise, for he has done great things. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Fear not, you beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness are green. The tree bears its fruit, the fig tree and the vine give their full yield. Be glad, O children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the latter rain as before. The threshing floor shall be full of grain, the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is none else. And my people shall never again be put to shame. On Monday, we saw the call for repentance. And now God is responding to that repentance. And look what it says here. The Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. Now we we hear that we're jealous and we think bad things but doesn't God have a right to be jealous for the people that he has brought to himself? Doesn't he have a right to desire that they that they desire him? They are his people, he has paid for them, he has bought them, he has cared for them, he has created them. And so he desires for them to love him. And so he thinks about this land, this people that occupy his land, and he has pity on the people And he says, Behold, I am sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied, and I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. The idea here is that God has heard their cries. He has heard and seen their repentance, and now he is responding. And so what is he doing? Well, remember it said last time that they didn't want God to be seen as this God who wasn't caring for his people among the nations. And so now there is something that is turned. He says, I will make, I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. People will be able to see that I am your God and that I am faithful to you. And so how is he going to do this? There's a lot going on in this passage. But one of the most interesting things that is said is in verse 25. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. This, this famine that has been caused by the locust. Is going to be rebuilt. It's going to be restored. The idea here is not that well, it'll grow back over time and you'll catch up at some point. No, He's going to restore the years that has been eaten, even the stuff that has been lost. He is going to build it back up. He is not going. There aren't going to be lost years. They are going to be given it. And so we see that they'll eat plenty. They'll be satisfied, and they will know that God has dwelt wondrously with them. And it says, my people shall never be again put to shame. And they will know that he is in the midst of Israel, that he is the Lord their God. There is none else. And my people shall never again be put to shame. This is important. God is letting them know that he is their God. He is saying, you know, you repented. And so I am going to show to you that I am with you. This isn't just some random call to a random people. I am am your God. You are my people. My call to repentance is real and you responded with true faith. And so I am going to bless you. And so not only will the other nations know that God is their God, the people in Israel will know that he is their God. They'll never be put to shame. There is none else. And so what does this mean for us? This is an interesting thought because we don't we don't experience this in the same way that the people of God did in Israel at this time, right? Uh, this is not the same. So how do we apply this to our lives? Well, we look at when we are called to repent in Scripture. Uh, we're always called to repentance, right? We we read God's holy word. It convicts us of our sin. Uh, we ask for forgiveness. God forgives us. And he has blessed us. And it isn't the same. We're not going to have... Uh, the locusts come in and eat up our stuff and that's going to call us to repent. But as we think about this passage, we can look to the forgiveness that we receive. Our lives can be obliterated by the sin that we do, right? But when we repent, when we turn to God, he restores us just as he restored the people here. Now, it might not look the same. It, it might not be that, you know, like, oh, I lost money because I was doing something wrong and God's going to give me the money back. That's that's not what I'm saying. That's that's not how this works. But we have our hearts restored. We have our confidence restored in God. And we see that he is our God. Why? Because we have been forgiven. Again, as we look at this call to repentance throughout the book of Joel, what have I been saying? I've been repeating myself. We look to the cross. We see where we have had the price paid for our sin, where God has forgiven us. And so we see that and we know these things. We, we look to the cross and we understand that God is in the midst of us. We, we see the forgiveness that we have in Christ and that he has united his people together in the new covenant. And we look around to our fellow believers and we say, God is in the midst of us. Why? Because we have salvation in Jesus Christ. We know that he is the Lord our God. There is none else. Why? Because we have been forgiven. We've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. We understand God's word and we are given this desire to live a new life in Christ. And we know here also. This last verse, that his people shall never again be put to shame. Not the same as what we're talking here. You know, God was talking about that he was going to build them up. There wasn't going to be a punishment uh, for these sins that they had. But for us, what does it mean that we'll never be put, again be put to shame? It means that no matter what happens in our lives, no matter our difficulties, we have the promise of the cross. We have the promise of eternal life. And that is what truly matters. And so when we face these difficulties that we come up against every day, we can know that even though these times are hard, we see that God is in our midst. There is none else. And so no matter what happens, we have this awesome salvation in the Lord Jesus. And we can trust in that salvation to give us peace, to give us hope. We can know that we will never be put to shame. Why? Because our ultimate destination is with God for eternity. In the new heavens, in the new earth, we have salvation. It is a sure thing because it is guaranteed for us by the Lord Jesus. So may we put our hope in that, knowing that we will not be put to shame because of what the Lord has done for us. Let us go to prayer. Triune God, we are glad and we rejoice for you have done great things. You bless your people with an abundance of mercy and the grace that you have shown to us in the Lord Jesus. Grant that we would rejoice in that mercy today as we move about and serve you in your world. Today, we lift up to you the missionaries that our congregation supports. We lift up those that serve here in our country and those that are serving you abroad in other parts of the world. Bless them with the gift of perseverance as they desire to spread your word to a lost and dying world. And we especially remember the Peterson family today. We ask that you would bless their ministry and provide them with opportunities to share the word. Strengthen them to continue the work that you have put before them to do. As we serve you today, we pray that you would bless us with the peace that passes understanding and can only come through your word and spirit at work in us. Through these means, strengthen us to live our lives in light of the grace that you have shown to us in Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. All right. Have yourselves an excellent Wednesday today. Thank you for listening to Dwell in the Word. You can find more information about First Reformed Church at our website, edgertonfrc.org Dwell in the Word episodes are available weekdays on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can also watch the video versions of these devotions at our Facebook page and YouTube channel.